Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Mankind has had a fear of death for as long as man has been living. And it's a bold promise to the show to share with you shades of the afterlife, evidence of the afterlife. So on this very first episode, I want to share a little bit about the purpose of the show, who I am, some of the evidence that I've collected, why human beings have such a hard time believing that it's possible for the afterlife to be real. We'll also meet Sonia Rinaldi, who will be coming to us from Brazil, who is the world's leading researcher on collecting what's called trans images and audios. And literally, that is collecting pictures and voices from people in the afterlife. So as far as the purpose of the show, I know for myself, I have suffered deep grief. I have suffered a fear of dying and It is mankind's biggest question, is there life after death? So for me, I went on a very personal journey, one that I wasn't going to tell anybody about, and here I am now. I believe with all my heart that if we don't have a fear of dying, we won't have a fear of living. And I've spoken to enough doctors who say the very last thing before someone gets their general anesthesia and goes under the knife is they start looking back at their life, the regrets they've had, things that they should have done or shouldn't have done. And there's just so often those regrets. So what would it be like to live our life powerfully because we really know there is an afterlife? So that might seem like a pretty big goal that I'm giving you this promise, but let's stick together. So who am I? Well, my name's Sandra Champlain. Grew up a pretty common life, great parents, but grew up with this knowledge that there is no such thing as the afterlife. We never embrace things like psychics and mediums. You know, my parents told us about a local psychic who lived in the town who gave an awful prediction and kids, that stuff isn't real. So I grew up really as a skeptic. And in my life, of course, I met people that would claim to do great things and have magical powers and believe in angels. And I simply just laughed at them. However, When I was, well, I don't even know my age, but it was back in the mid 90s. I'd have to do some math. I came down with an incredible fear of dying. Now, where it came from, I'm not sure. We can speculate that my grandfather had died. I had pets that had died. And I had also worked in a nursing home and saw a lot of death. But there I was living with this unquenchable fear. And I'd go to bed at night worried I wouldn't wake up in the morning and what would happen to me. I'd look up at the stars and see them and just think, oh my gosh, what what would happen if I were to end? And for whatever reason, it, it was just extremely fear-driven. 
I started on a path very secretly looking for evidence of the afterlife, very selfishly, just something to quench my fears. I started out looking through science and through religion. Maybe somebody knew something and that could help me. Unfortunately, I found lots of good stories of faith. And from science, I first found a lot of reasons not to believe in the afterlife, but I didn't stop looking. As coincidences would happen, I met some nice people, seemed a little strange, believed in this airy fairy stuff, but one of them actually got me interested in the world of mediumship. She took me to a stage medium who I knew that it must be all a scam and a hoax, you know how skeptics think. And from the woman, she would bring through communications from different loved ones that were so specific, I mean, really specific, that my mind started being open to could this be real? Didn't cost a lot of money. She wasn't trying to sell anything. And I couldn't believe that the people that accepted the communication were some kind of plants in the audience. I just couldn't believe it. So very secretly, very privately, and with that fear of dying, I took a flight from my home in the East Coast, Massachusetts, out to California and spent money I didn't have and took a course in mediumship. One of the first things that was done was an explanation that this invisible world around us, literally the hereafter, is where our loved ones reside. It is an energy, like we're all made up of energy, but just different, vibrating at a different frequency. So the leader told us that we were going to, she was going to demonstrate how we do mediumship. And she says, everybody get a partner. So I didn't know anybody in the room. I took the hands of a decent looking woman. And she says, all I want you to do is use your imagination, hold the person's hand, invent that there's someone standing behind them, have to be nice, introduce yourself in your mind, because we are still people with feelings in the afterlife. And she says, all I want you to do is invent who the person is, maybe a little bit about their life, maybe how they died, and maybe there's a message for your partner. So with my eyes closed, I had no fear of using my imagination. I'm a chef by trade. And so that was easy to do. I simply invented that her grandfather on her mother's side was standing behind her. I saw him in my mind's eye. He had blonde hair, blue eyes, big gap between his front teeth. I saw him on a fishing boat and I saw him puffing a big cigarette. And I said to her, I said, I get the feeling this man, his name is Jan, is from Denmark, described what he looked like. I said he died of lung cancer. And now I've had my eyes closed this whole time, so I didn't see any reaction. And then I said, he wants me to tell you that he never told your mom that he loved her. He was just one of those dads. But could you give her the message? So I opened my eyes, ready to say, okay, it's your turn to go. And my partner had streams of tears running down her cheeks. Her grandfather's name was Jan. He was a fisherman in Denmark, died of lung cancer, and fit the description. That, my friend, opened me up to there is more to life than meets the eye. And obviously, 
there must be more to me than I know. So I started on a journey, an expedition, really. What else can I collect? Throughout the course of the show, we will touch on some different things that I've experienced, but things like electronic voice phenomena. There's a whole world of mediums, not just evidential, that I've discovered. Near-death experiences, reincarnation. There's something called induced after-death communications. There are deathbed visitations. And there's a whole host of other reasons, real reasons to believe. With all of this, my fear was quenched. I was at peace. In my heart of hearts, I knew it'd be a nice thing to tell other people about this. But I have to tell you, I had too much fear of what other people would think about me believing in this woo-woo stuff. So I kept my mouth shut. Fast forward 2010, my dear dad gets diagnosed with cancer, has a tumor that actually broke apart part of his back. And unfortunately, I witnessed him die a horrific death. In that time, my loving siblings and I started fighting, like you hear about, but it didn't get better. And when my dad finally passed and took his last breath, not only did I lose the relationship with my dad, but my siblings as well. Happy to say most of those relationships have come around, but I know now that each one of us human beings is on our own personal journey in life. At that point, I didn't know that. I hit an all-time low, went through severe grief, depression. I wasn't going to end my own life, but I thought I can understand how people feeling this low might think that that's the best option. Knowing that that's not me and something really has changed because Sandra is normally this happy-go-lucky, nice, easygoing person, I decided to study the grieving process. I found out things like our brain chemistry changes when we grieve. We actually can become different people. Our sense of reality changes and put no, this might not be the best way to compare it. But if you imagine someone who's had a, a drug addiction and you pull them off that drug, they go through withdrawal. Their brain, their mind, their body all has to change to this new reality. The same things happens with grief. I learned to have compassion with myself and others, and I was able to find some things that help move me through the grieving process. Being the good person I am, I decided to share this in an audio called How to Survive Grief, which you can easily find on YouTube. And with that, I had many people write me. Not only did it help ease their pain and give them hope, but they chose not to commit suicide. Armed with this information, I had a moral choice, and my choice was to get this information as far as I could. And I figured... If I could be courageous, write a book, title it, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death, share my reasons of believing in the afterlife, slip in chapter 10, which is how to survive grief, 
and a little more, and then conclude the book with who are we, what is our life for, and how to have the most meaningful life while we're here. As miracles happen, I meet a publisher, didn't know how to write a book, everything lined up, which looking back, I think I was really being supported by this unseen world and maybe even my dad. The book quickly became an international bestseller and has gone on to help heal the hearts of many. I've been on the quest for several years, even after the book was published, collecting more and more and more evidence. So where I am now, all I want to do is give it away. I want to give it away so that you are comforted to know that you don't die. Your loved ones have not died. They've just changed forms. You are surrounded by an invisible team of people. If you could only see them, you wouldn't believe how much support you have. But your life is for living. I playfully think that we all come to earth to learn things, to learn to forgive, to have emotions. If you imagine this place called heaven or the hereafter is such a great place, you can have everything you want. Eventually, that becomes boring. So there's this place called earth that you forget who you really are. And you get all these experiences to collect and put in your backpack. Unfortunately, we forget that we created this game. It's very, very difficult. And so many people take their last breath with regrets. I don't want that to happen to you. Don't want it to happen to me. It's a pretty fun, pretty amazing, this world called the afterlife. And if you are willing to come on this adventure, I promise you, your life will never be the same. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> 
Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hi, this is George Norrie, and you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeart and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. Did you know that when Thomas Edison was dying, he leaned in and whispered to his physician, it is very beautiful over there. Edison was a scientist with a factual cast of mind. He never reported anything as fact until he saw it work. He would have never reported, it is very beautiful over there, Unless, having seen, he knew it to be true. Also, Steve Jobs, just before he passed, looked over his sister's shoulder and said, Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. On Martha Atkins' TED Talk, titled, More to Dying Than Meets the Eye, she tells a story of a boy dying in a pediatric hospice in San Antonio, Texas. The boy complained to the nurse. Those boys in the corner are making too much noise. The nurse looked over, and there was no one in the corner of the room. And she asked him, Who is there? And he named off three names of three boys who had been in that hospice room before he got there. So, why in the world is it so hard for us human beings to believe in the afterlife? I think, personally, we have to learn things gradually and have enough people to believe it and a tipping point occurs. If you think back, we weren't around in these days, but poor Magellan circumnavigated the globe, giving people the message, the earth is round, and nobody believed him. Orville and Wilbur Wright long dreamed of creating a flying machine. They spent four years scientifically studying and building and testing. All the while, people laughed and said, birds fly, men cannot fly. 
On December 17, 1903, they successfully completed their first flight. Then, for an additional five years, they were ridiculed in the United States, no one willing to believe they had done the impossible. Thankfully, in 1908, their first public display of flight was seen in the skies over the city of Le Mans, France, and aviation was born. Things like electricity, even the computer, and believe it or not, indoor plumbing were laughed at, and people said it couldn't be possible. There's a great quote from Arthur Schopenhauer that goes, All truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. Third, it is accepted as being self-evident, like it's always been. How many of us get on an airplane and take it for granted? How many of us turn on our light switch and take it for granted? How many of us have these great gadgets called mobile phones? and we take it for granted. I remember as a kid going to Disney World and walking up to a kiosk, this was a long time ago, and you could actually touch the screen. And somebody's face came up and they could see me and I was talking to them. I was blown away and couldn't believe that such a thing existed. And I still remember that moment. Now, so many years forward, it's just natural. We call it FaceTime. So I believe we have to learn things gradually and again, have enough people believe in it and a tipping point will occur. So let's talk a little bit more about this afterlife. Through all the investigations and all the studies I've done, this world we call the afterlife or the hereafter, which is a great name for it, it's a real place. Energy cannot be destroyed. So if you think of a puddle of water and it's there one day, gone the next, it's because it changed forms, right? You think of a log burning in the fire, the log disappears, but heat remains. Science has proven that energy cannot be destroyed. You and I, my friends, we are masses of energy. We have a consciousness, we have a mind, we do have a body, but those things, that element, that bag of bones, if you want to call it that, that is our vehicle for this lifetime, it will die. It will disappear. But there's a part of us that goes on. And that part of us is called our soul. Can't be seen. Can it be detected? Yeah, it can be detected. Those are our areas of all our psychic investigation, our remote viewing, all of those instinct kinds of things. I believe that all happens at a soul level. So these people that are great mediums, they are connecting to the souls of other people. You know that you've got a soul and that you've got instinct and you have intuition. How often have you met somebody and right away you can tell, like them, don't like them. That is our gut instinct. That is our soul speaking. So what happens? I believe when we take our last breath, we simply close our eyes to this life and we open them in the hereafter. Our loved ones, our pets, our guides, everyone's there to greet us as if we're crossing the finish line. It's a great reunion and we realize who we really are. When we cross over, 
this world that has been invisible to us as human beings now becomes visible. That becomes our new reality. When we think back of our life and when we visit our loved ones, it now makes this life seem like just a dream. My day job is working with race car teams as a chef. One of the race car drivers actually had had a near-death experience. He got into a very bad car accident and ended up going into the hospital, went into a coma, died somewhere along the way, and he explains it that his grandmother and grandfather were there to greet him. He said it really was like this world was just a dream, a distant memory. Now, he was able to see himself lying in the coma with his mom and dad and brother praying by the bedside, but he knew it would be pretty great going with Graham and Gramps. He chose to come back to earth, but when he came back and had that memory, of course, he had lots of pain and there was lots of healing to be done. He was able to live his life without that fear of dying, so he didn't have a fear of living. So he put his foot on the pedal and he won a ton of championships in racing. And while I'm not looking for you to go 240 miles an hour in your life, it is something where, where have you not pushed the envelope? Where have you not gone after a dream? Where have you not told a loved one that you love them? Those kind of things. So go after your dreams. Life is really short. Somebody once said, that our life is but a thread in the fabric of our soul. So there's a much bigger picture. You can't die for the life of you, as it said. What happens next? Well, I believe there is a life review. I don't believe personally in heaven for you, hell for you. I think our life on earth is pretty tough, and this could be the worst of it in the worst of times. Our soul actually judges our journey. So we get to actually have a life review. We get to see our life through the lens and through the emotions of the people we impacted. So those of us who have lied to another person, we get to feel it. (laughs) And you don't punish yourself, but you say, you know what, I could have done better. And then after you go through those negative things, You go through the positive things. You see all those times that you've made a difference for another, or you paid it forward and no one ever knew about the little things that you've done. You get to see the ripple effect and you get to see the difference that you've made in other people's lives. Death is nothing to fear, but life is something to be lived. And if you have your mobile phone handy, take a look at it. It's connected to an unseen world. You can call them radio waves, internet signal, Wi-Fi. I know we many of us have GPS technology. There is an invisible world around us, and our loved ones are there too. When we transition to this world unseen, the afterlife, the good news is that we get to continue being us. Now, I know we all have that little voice in our head that tells us we're not good enough, we're not tall enough, we're not smart enough. That side of us, that skeptical side of ourselves, the side that, oh, isn't our best friend, isn't our biggest champion, that negative self-talk, well, happy to report that that part disappears. And what's left is your radiant personality, your sense of humor, and you are in a land of unconditional love. 
I do believe that we go through education when we go over. I don't think we need to go to any kind of big healing. Those who have passed at their own hands, and that is suicide, as well as people that pass naturally or in an accident, we are all greeted by loving people. So if you have a child that now resides in the afterlife, they are being looked after as all of our loved ones are. We get to be the best age of our lives. We get to be in our best health, our best fitness. If we had glasses, good news, we don't have them in the afterlife. For our loved ones who reside there, there is no sense of time. And we've heard this talked about many times, and it's hard for the mind to get around. But for us, our lifetime might be just a blink of an eye for them. And I guess we'll know it once we get there. But for all of us who are desperate to have a sign from our loved one, I know our loved one wants us to be happy and wants us to know that they have survived death. So my goal also is to give you some tools to better connect or start the connection with your loved one. One of the ways our loved ones can communicate with us is through our imagination. Now, have you ever felt like your loved one was sitting on the couch with you or you're waking up in the morning or just before you go to bed or maybe in your dream that they're there? They seem alive and well and real. A sure way to know it's a communication coming from them is if it is pleasant. If it's something negative, if it's a nightmare, chances are that's from your subconscious. Our loved ones communicate with us through our imagination. So if you want to get started and having a connection with your loved one across the veil, here's my recommendation. Take some time and quiet your mind. It's difficult. Our minds want to think about the past and worry about the future. Concentrate on your breath. If you want to imagine yourself sitting on a park bench, and again, imagine that's the sense, and invite your loved one in. Your loved one is probably delighted that you're listening to this show right now and is anxious to get in touch with you. Let you know that they are there. A good practice is quieting the mind, paying attention to your breath, not thinking about the past, not thinking about the future, and imagine your loved one sitting in a chair with you. Or imagine them right next to you and invite them to step closer and closer and closer and maybe touch you on the head, kiss you on the cheek, stay quiet, stay present, and you'll actually be able to feel sometimes their energy. Now, I don't think when we cross over, we get all knowledge and all power. So this is work for them too. But be patient, will you? There's a whole world to explore. And I'm so grateful you're on this journey with us. I don't know if you've seen the movie Defending Your Life. It's a pretty funny movie about life in the afterlife. Now there, you can eat all the food you want to eat and never gain a pound. Don't know if that's true in the afterlife, but I, from what I'm told, we don't need our physical bodies, although we are, we do have bodies there. We don't need to eat. We don't need to need to drink. We certainly can if we want to. From those that I've talked to that have had near death experiences, they really can't describe this, the feeling they have when they're there. There's colors that we don't have in our color spectrum here. There's sounds and music that we 
can't hear now. It's the like notes we don't have. There is this feeling that everything is alive and that everything is energy. We can have the house of our dreams. We can learn whatever we want, whenever we want. We can travel wherever we want to be just with thought. In fact, we can communicate with our loved ones, both there and here, by way of thought. It sounds pretty wonderful, right? Although we shouldn't be in a hurry to get there. In fact, so many people say there are countless souls waiting to come to Earth to have the experience we're having now. I think we've simply forgot. But after today, we can look at life in a whole new way. I'll be back in just a moment, and we'll hear from the great Sonia Rinaldi about how she records voices and images from the afterlife. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European Political Systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey. 
Hey, it's producer Tom of Coast to Coast AM, and you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I'd like to introduce you to someone very special. Sonia Rinaldi is the founder of the Rinaldi Institute. She is the author of 17 books and has been participating in research on instrumental trans communication for over 30 years, getting the best results in the world, both in recording images and voices from people who are no longer with us on Earth. Sonia's commitment and devotion to her research are unparalleled to any other person I have ever met, and I know you'll love her just as much as I do. Sonia Rinaldi, welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. So, Sonia, tell us a little bit about your story. I know over 30 years ago you got started, but what had you get started in wanting to collect voices from the deceased? Yeah, in truth, I heard that uh, there existed this type of experimentation going on on Europe, and I thought, is that possible that we could record voices from the deceased ones? And then I said, well, if this is true, I will try to. And if this is true, it is such an amazing discovery because it is something solid. It is not something that you have to believe. You have something solid uh, on what you can uh, trust. So I started recording and for three years, uh, I don't know if it didn't happen anything or if it happened and I didn't know what to expect. The fact is that I had the patience of uh, uh, crossing these three years without any result. And then things started happening, the voices started speaking. And now, 30 year, years later, we have um, uh, wonderful contacts in images and voices and everything. Oh, it's amazing. I've been following your work for quite some time and have been blessed that we've actually met and have been on stage together. So this is great. What kind of equipment were you using? Were you using just a regular tape recorder? No, I, when I started, yes, it, it was the type, the time of the uh, tape recorders and so. But presently, um, I think that our technology on Earth developed so much that Sometimes I just use a cell phone, nothing else, uh, mainly to record images. I just use an uh, ordinary cell phone. And uh, it is because we have to understand that this uh, project, let's say, is something from the other side. Uh, they do, let's say, they are responsible for doing 98% of the work. So our cooperation is a minimal one. It is just 2% perhaps, which is just maybe to turn on the equipment and put at their disposal some good equipment, but nothing special. 
And I think that this is important because uh, what they are doing, I suppose, is to, to test and uh, get better uh, in their technology so that in future they can reach lots of people. So they are testing and developing, and that's what I'm cooperating. Well, you mentioned the three years of not getting any results, and I know a little bit about your story and the scientists on the other side that work with you. Your commitment, Sonia, shows so clearly that you are someone I'd want to work with if I was a scientist on the other side. So you must have that commitment. Yeah, yes, for sure. I think that, uh, uh, as I say, our importance is very small. But uh, maybe the only thing that they need from us is the commitment, is the dedication, the seriousness, good intention. Uh, I think that these uh, will determine what we'll get as results. That's right. And I know for myself, at one point, I was really interested in electronic voice phenomena, EVP. And I studied, I did the work, I spent thousands of hours, and I did get voices. I know we all want to hear from our loved ones. And it isn't as simple as just picking up your cell phone and recording, although occasionally it can be. Sonia, could you talk about the other side, how they work with you, and maybe a little bit about the scientists? Yeah, in truth, what we, what I learned in all these years is that there are stations, transmissions stations in the other side. Um, I am now in contact with, with three of them. Uh, initially, I started with the uh, South Station, uh, that was for South America. And then when in 2014, when Tesla was announced to be the new coordinator for all tra uh, tra transmissions to Earth, and then things started accelerating in progress. Uh, in truth, from uh, that time, uh, I, 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 I think that to, from that time to, uh, to now, we have the best results. So uh, we know that it comes from North Station and there is another station over Europe, which is called Central Station. And uh, I think that people sometimes has difficulty in understanding that the other side has physical uh, laboratories, uh, uh, physical houses. Uh, it is a real life. And I, I know that people have difficult to understand it. But I think that in spiritist uh, literature, this is very clear. And uh, they are uh, some way solid, not as solid as we are, but they, they are always, um, they are uh, able, they have equipments. They develop equipments in the other side, so it is something solid. So the, the transmission to us is something that requires a huge technology that we humans are very far uh, still. But uh, I think that uh, what they, uh, they show to us, uh, what they show to be able to do, it is something absolutely um, impossible for us to fake, uh, or for us to produce artificially, because it is a huge technology. The transmission, uh, it is something that uh, really requires 
uh, huge transmission stations and genius in the other side, the inventors like Tesla and others. Could you talk about Tesla just a little bit? How you know it was him? Because I know you've sent me a picture that I have to have you explain. Okay. In truth, um, by this time, 2014, once in a recording, uh, a loved one, a deceased one, uh, Mr. Murray, uh, you know his wife, Betty Anne from Canada, he said that Tesla was aside him. And then I, I thought to myself, Tesla, which Tesla? Is that possible? Nikola Tesla? No. It is impossible. Imagine if Tesla would be contacting me, if he would be in the station and so on. But after all, things started improving so much that it was quite clear that something happened. New technologies were being tested. And later he appeared in Transimages as well, younger, beautiful, smiling, uh, in photos that there never existed on Earth. And um, that is uh, how he appeared. And uh, he is very generous. Uh, he helps us mainly with his knowledge and his abilities, obviously. But many times he replies questions and helps the lofty ones to appear. So that is Tesla. Oh, I love it. And you had said he has never smiled in a photograph that was taken while he was alive. And in your trans images, he is smiling. I think that's just great. Sonia, you mentioned Betty Ann. Did her husband come through as the older man? No, usually uh, all them, all the loved ones appear much younger. And uh, in his case, uh, Mr. Murray died with the age of 77 years old, but he appeared as when he was some 25. And his wife sent me some pictures of, his, uh, of their marriage. And when he was this age, uh, more or less 25 years old, and it was absolutely the same person. So yeah, they come younger, uh, Tesla also. And curiously, uh, the young people, uh, teenagers and people who died with the age of 20, 25 years old, they are appearing as child. I think that maybe it is a way to prove the authenticity because all those images, all those photos, let's say, uh, the family doesn't have. So uh, it is something that they recognize because it is their child, but it is nothing that they have at home. Uh, so yes, they usually come younger. That's wonderful, which tells us, as many reports do, when we transition to the afterlife, we get to be any age we want. We get to be in the best health. If we had glasses, we don't have to wear them. If we are in a wheelchair, we can walk. Sonia, back in the earlier days, you worked with thousands of parents, mostly mothers, connecting them to their children. I know you have done this free of charge. In fact, everything you do is free of charge, and thank you for that. Could you talk a little about those recordings and the voices that would come through to the parents? Yes. Um, in truth, I started with voices, right, for many, many years. 
I not even knew uh, or expected that one day I would record videos and images. So uh, uh, I think that the audio was uh, the most known and uh, I started with that. And for many years, um, before I know you, before I, uh, before Tesla appeared, I used it to help here many, many moms, and I developed myself many technologies so that uh, for some two or three years, I assisted mothers that uh, could telephone, use the telephone to phone in my house, and then I put in contact uh, with the, uh, their children, and uh, they could talk to the children, and I was recording everything. She was putting the question, and so and then I give back all the results to them, and so on. Later, uh, more recently, uh, we changed, obviously, all the technology because we developed this as well. Uh, but uh, yes, I'm getting some uh, audios from, for the parents also in the United States, and uh, I have the pleasure of being assisting many mothers some that you know, of course, and uh, uh, I think that, uh, yes, and I, I don't have to charge because uh, this work is not mine, but uh, uh, I think that uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I think that uh, it is their work from the other side. Well, that's one thing I know about you. You credit the other side, but I know you. You're very busy and you're working nonstop and I have met many of the parents who you have reunited with their children. When we come back, we're going to talk about the images that you capture. And even, I'm happy to say, images of my father have come through. Sonia and I will be back in just a minute. You are listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to the European Political Systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are discussing recording images and voices from the afterlife with Brazilian researcher Sonia Rinaldi. Sonia, let's talk about these images. I first met you at an afterlife conference from our friends at the Afterlife Research and Education Institute, also known as AREI, and I was so excited to meet you when you did your presentation. I couldn't believe that you're also recording pictures of people in the afterlife. Could you tell us about that? Yes, I think that we met um, exactly at the, the moment that uh, things were changing here for better. Uh, that was the, let's say, it, uh, I think that my life uh, is divided into before Tesla and after Tesla. And I think that you coincide precisely when I, uh, Tesla was announced and so on. And uh, up to that moment, I was recording images, but they were nothing very, very special. But after Tesla was announced, for God's sake, I think that uh, there are images that you are not, you don't know if they are a photo from Earth, or if it is from the other side. The only difference is that the person is deceased and nobody has that photo. But yes, uh, the technology that they are using for showing themselves in the other side to, and smiling and happy. And uh, I think that this is a great console to the family because some Times they don't trust, not even that the, the son or daughter is alive. And when they see the daughter or son is smiling, oh my, I think that uh, is incredible. When you first started with trans images, I know you've done different kinds of experiments. What were you recording? Were you recording static from a television screen or a computer? 
I, I think that I have done already everything that is possible. Uh, at the very beginning, I I was recording a device that I don't that doesn't exist anymore, um, but it was something like a television with noisy uh, snow. Right. Right. And um, later I went to television, recorded for many, many years also. And then we started changing using cloths and uh, brilliant papers and everything that shine um, makes possible for the other side to manipulate the photons and create the images. So basically the, the images are result of the manipulation of photons, which is a very uh, unbelievable technology that they possess. That sounds a little like what I know about electronic voice phenomena, is that the other side takes the voice or sound, whether it is gibberish that you've recorded, and they're able to rearrange it. So it seems like it must be similar to what they do with video or pictures, rearranging the snow into pictures. Am I right? Exactly. Uh, what the difference is that possibly, uh, or at least under our point of view, uh, the manipulation of the photons is much more complicated than the manipulation of uh, wave sound. Uh, the velocity is different uh, between sound and light. And obviously, it is required to something much, much more complicated, mainly to produce colorful images and more recently in movement, uh, some heads of the loved ones move, uh, move the head, they move the mouth uh, as if they were speaking. And so all this is uh, their manipulation of light. That's amazing. And I've been able to follow you in your e-magazines, e-mags as you call them. And if you want to see some of these images, go to rinaldiinstitute.org. There's so many things there. We are even filming a documentary on Sonia's work because for the skeptical mind, this sounds like something too good to be true. However, it is true. Sonia, can you talk a little about the Milligan experiment and about the egg that you use and some of the trans images that have come from that experiment? Yes, I was working with a plastic egg and uh, one day in one event uh, in Boston uh, from, your, from you, I, uh, I was talking to Scott Milligan and... Uh, he made a surprise to me and he bought the equipment that I was missing for carrying on a new experiment, which is uh, not an egg anymore, but domes. And uh, these instructions of, about the domes uh, were sent by uh, his uh, guide, uh, Daniel, uh, Scott's Scott Milligan's uh, guide, Daniel, sent me to use domes and water. And so I did. And uh, very, very impressive images happened in these, what I call the Milligan experiments. I've been grateful to watch the process. Scott Milligan is the world's leading physical medium and trance medium. 
And while he was in the trance state with his eyes closed, a team of scientists used Scott's voice and gave Sonia the next instructions for her experiment. It still gives me goosebumps to this day to be part of this. So for me, I've seen hundreds of images from the Milligan experiment. And in my mind, the person I really wanted to see was my dad. Sonia very often sends out pictures of unknown people that she's captured through her experiments. Several of them looked similar to my dad, but I wasn't convinced. So I asked dad in the afterlife if he could work a little harder, go to Brazil, and meet up with Sonia. And to my surprise, Sonia sends me a video of static materializing into my dad's face. And then it goes away. It is crystal clear, almost identical to a picture we have of him when he was in his late 20s, early 30s. But the picture we have, he's looking straight into the camera. This trans image, he's looking off to the side. Of course it's him. And Sonia's sent me another picture of him looking just a little bit older. Sonia, as a recipient, I know your work takes me from a place of having a belief and a faith in the afterlife to absolutely knowing that the afterlife is real. Could you tell us about the work you're passionate about doing now? Yes, I think that uh, it is something so curious that uh, after Tesla was announced, I think that in each recording that I make, there is a an advancement, uh, something uh, new, always something new. And more recently, um, not only they are sending uh, an image, as it was the case of your dad, but also uh, recently uh, many lovely ones are appearing in different ages of their own life. Uh, I recorded for some American moms and uh, their daughters appeared uh, something like, like, let's say, uh, one was Rochelle. Rochelle died with the age of 21. And then she appeared in an image absolutely beautiful with, let's say, 15 years old, and then 12, and then 9, and then 6. So uh, it, it, she went back, back in time and with very clear images. And then when I sent it to the family, the trans images, the family sent me some pictures uh, uh, when she was a little child, and it is precisely the same person. And obviously I didn't see these uh, image photos before. So it is a, a new phenomenon that is happening. And um, it is something uh, that uh, we cannot explain how it happens, we don't know, but it, it is comforting many moms. It's wonderful. And you and I have met so many people that have received these images. I know we'll never heal completely from grief and we'll always miss our loved one. But your work brings so much comfort and lets us know that our loved ones are alive and we will see them again. Sonia, can you tell us one of your favorite stories about a reconnection with a parent and a child? Okay, I have a very interesting uh, 
fact that happened uh, three days ago. So uh, it is very fresh. It was uh, this way. I made some recordings to a mother called Robin from United States. She lost her daughter Rowan at the age of 18 with a brain tumor. And um, uh, about two or three weeks ago, I recorded and uh, Rowan appeared beautiful in many trans images, very impressive because of the colors, very, very colorful and uh, very, very similar to the photos that the family sent me after. Uh, but the interesting point was this. Um, I was making the report uh, that was uh, reported, our report 38, no, sorry, 39. And then I was finishing and uh, telling Rowan's story and so on, put the images. And then at the end, I felt uh, as an intuition that I, that Rowan would like to offer a flower to her mother. So it was a surprise, obviously. At the end of my text, I got a flower, um, a design of a flower, a photo from the internet, uh, put in the last page and made a, a dedication to Robin. And I said, I felt that Rowan would like to offer uh, this flower to her mother and uh, also to all the mothers that were participating in these uh, experiences and so on and so on. Okay. So we sent the report. And then, now, Robin wrote back, surprised, because she said, look, the flower that you chose, it was just one flower, the flower that you chose at the internet is casually my favorite, and she gave it a name, I don't know the name, is precisely my favorite. And Rowan knew about that because once I painted a self-portrait uh, with this precisely type of a flower at my side. And Rowan knew about that. So it was so, something so unexpected because obviously I didn't know any of these. And then I, I'm sure that Rowan wanted to offer that flower. So I think it is a curious story. That's a lovely story. Sonia, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being our guest today. My pleasure. I said it earlier, the work you do is unparalleled. I know you credit the scientists on the other side, but I know without your love and your dedication, there wouldn't be so many thousands of hearts reunited with their loved ones. I know grief does not fully go away, but when you see a trans image of your loved one, your life will never be the same. You can find out more about Sonia and her work at rinaldiinstitute.org. You can even watch a preview of our upcoming documentary. Thank you again to Sonia and to you, our listeners. A big thank you for spending this time with us. Please join us on our next episode of Shades of the Afterlife, and we'll meet a husband and wife team of psychic mediums, and we'll find out the truth about mediumship. We'll also answer the question, do our pets join us in the afterlife? This is Sandra Champlain, and you've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia 
and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. You've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. For shows like this and others, please make sure to tune into the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone.